welcome back to Duskwall. This is a very special bonus episode, unlocked when we reach 600 followers on Twitter. It features Blair and guest star Seeks on a really cool occult adventure, set sometime during the couple months after Finn's arrest and the Ink Row riot. Thank you all for listening, supporting the show, and spreading the word about us. It truly means a lot. Now then, let's get started, shall we? So Blair is in the nest in her room, and she is doing a ritual of sorts. And the thing is, is that she doesn't even recognize what the ritual is or what it's for, but it's almost as if intuitively she just knows what she's doing, even though as soon as the symbols on the floor are scrawled in front of her, she doesn't understand what it is. It's coming from a place that seems very right. And as she's doing this, just sitting in her room and scrawling things on the floor, the nest begins to crumble. The bricks are just flying off the wall piece by piece, one by one, until she is in just a very bright void, almost unnaturally so. It hurts her eyes because she has... Like, never seen this intense natural light before, but she is standing in a white void, and at her feet is the void sea. It is actually unnaturally still, and it is just this black, mirror-like reflective surface, and she is walking on it, and she's not sinking. And then just a few feet ahead of her, the surface starts bubbling, almost as if there's something underneath, and Blair just moves forward and investigates. And as she does, the bubbling intensifies. It's almost as if it's growing more and more restless the nearer that she gets to it. And she's crouching down, she's hovering just above it, and she puts her arms into the water, like elbow length deep. And she realizes as soon as she's done that, she's stuck. And after a moment, the surface underneath her, it almost starts sinking, almost as if there's like a valley forming before her. And it's not until then that she realizes it's not water that's underneath her anymore. It's these jaws coming up to engulf her and then just complete darkness. And that's when Blair wakes up from her dream. So you see Blair in her room for real this time. This is probably about six weeks after the, the riots in Ink Row, a week or two after the remaining magpies uh, kind of botched attempt at uh, infiltrating Lord Mora's estate. Mm -hmm. And for the last probably week or so, Blair has been having these, you know, dreams kind of along these lines of just sort of unsettling dreams about the void sea and and things like that. After you're waking up from your dream, what, what do you do? So Blair is sitting up in her bed now, and I think she's just going to rub her eyes because she's very tired of this. She's sick of it. She's had enough at this point. Because weird dreams, I don't think, are an unnatural occurrence to her, but this type of dream of the void sea and just facing oblivion is definitely something that gets to her. It gets under her skin a lot. And I would say at this point, she's starting to get a little shook up about it. I think she's going to get out of bed, and she's going to walk to the other side of her room where one of her bookshelves are, and she's going to start flipping through one of her books that she knows has information about the void sea and see if there's any correlations to any imagery that she's seeing to any information in the, in her library. Okay, so in flipping through the books, 
You don't really, like, you definitely don't find anything about, like, a bright light. That part is just kind of weird. There's some imagery of, like, sea monsters and, of course, leviathans, you know, having great jaws that can swallow people whole. You know, leviathans can take out a whole ship. But nothing that really matches exactly the sort of things you've been seeing. And you also know, like, you've talked a little bit with... Manx and Myra kind of casually asking if they've been having weird dreams. And Myra had just said that she hasn't had any strange dreams at all lately. Manx told you about a weird dream she had a couple nights ago where she was clothes shopping and the, the clothes all came to life and she had to fight her way out. Yeah, that's, that's not right. That's not what I'm having. So I think we, we leave Blair on her just kind of continuing to flip through her books and trying to, to figure out something of, of, you know, what is causing this. We cut across the city to Coleridge, uh, sort of towards the end of the day. The embers of the sun are visible above the, the horizon as it sets. Uh, and in a small uh, hole-in-the-wall clinic in a back alley somewhere, Young kid is leaving. They've got like their arm uh, wrapped in a brace with some seaweed sticking out. And Zeke yells at them not to poke it and closes the door and then goes and sits down in a rocking chair. And it's just like very tired. And then looks at the small jar of money because she doesn't make any profit off of this. (laughs) She's real bad at business. (laughs) She needs an agent. No wonder she and the magpies get along so well. <laughs> yeah, no, th- this is her vice, helping people. Aww. And it begins to rain outside. And the rain outside is coming down in sheets, crashing against the cobblestone. The whir of factory whistles and the sound of hammering steel can be heard just a few blocks away. Coleridge never sleeps. The fire of industry churns through people like kindling, and it cares not for the ashes that it leaves behind. And then she's outside, moon above her, and it's snowing. The cobblestone beneath her feet turns to ice, and the canals nearby are frozen solid, the city silent. A voice cries out, and the ice cracks beneath her feet. Her steps take her nowhere. There's a person, face down, half buried in the snow, and she reaches out, turning the body over. She knows this person, but the name hides at the edge of her mind, inky and foreign, sloshing around in her skull, pouring out her eyes, and flooding the street drowning her in memories that she can't quite place. And it's dark, frigid, and she sees herself reflected in a wall of ice, shimmering blue light peeking through the other side. She's so small, so very, very small. And then she wakes up. As, as there is a knock at the door, startling her awake. Yeah, uh, yeah coming, coming. <laughs> And she gets up and crosses over and opens the door. And it's Blair at the door. Oh, hello, Blair. Hi. Uh, Blair is hunched over, and you can tell, even though her hair is normally messy and her makeup, like, for lack of a better word, makeup, uh, hides, like, most of her features around her eyes. You can tell, like, her eyes are sunken and her hair is messier than usual. She looks kind of shook up. Oh, um, come in, come in. It's wet. Okay. Seeks will go behind her uh, counter and pull out a small tea kettle. Thanks. Uh, yeah, no worries. Are you okay? Um, 
no, I, I wanted to talk to you. I've, I don't know. I, 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 I think something's wrong with me. I don't know. I feel like I've been having trouble sleeping recently. And, um, I, I don't know. I've been having these really weird dreams. I don't know if you have anything for that. Uh, she like, like she had a little electric burner thing and she just clicks it off and is like, um, no, but, 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 um, dreams. Yes. And then clicks it back on. But I do have nice tea. I have nice regular tea for regular problems. And we will talk about dreams. Okay. I mean, I like, tea's good. <laughs> tea is great. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think anybody else in the nest really gets it, so I thought I'd come to you. Hmm? Like, I, I've gone to Minx, and I've gone to Myra, and I've gone to Fit. Well, mm, can't. Never mind. Um, I, I've gone to Minx and Myra, and I, I don't think they really understand. Uh, I mean, tell me about your dreams. Dreams are important, and... Not everyone can help. But, um, I, I have a book for this. You do? Uh, maybe. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. I pick up things from Ojak occasionally when I have the time. I got all my medical books from him, and I got some other books too, because, you know, um, Mom didn't teach me everything, and uh, there's lots to learn. Uh, here, yes. Thud. It's big, <laughs> dusty <laughs> tome. <laughs> <laughs> how, how thick? On a scale of, like, yellow book pa pages to... Uh, calc 2. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> do, 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 flip, flip. Do you think it's prophecy? I think it's prophecy. I'm pretty sure it's prophecy. Because it's, like, cryptic, right? I... Uh, well, what do you mean by prophecy? And dreams are prophetic. That's the point of dreams. Oh, I mean... Not always. I don't, I mean, at least I don't think so. But. Oh. I, I guess it's possible. <laughs> Considers this new information. I mean, dreams don't always have to be, you know, foretellings of future events. Sometimes it's just, you know, your head's way of, like, processing where you are and where to go. You know what I mean? It's a little, I, I don't know, I think of it more of it that way, I think. Hmm. But yeah, maybe this is an important destiny and I'm like destined for like heroic sacrifices or something. These dreams always have to do with the Void Sea and light. But mostly I think the Void Sea. Do we have anything on that in here? Oh, I mean, I know a lot about the Void Sea. I mean, yeah, me too, but... I mean, I grew up there. <laughs> okay, so tell me about the sea monsters. What, what's, what are the really uh... big things? Do you want big things or, or the gods? Ah, uh, that's a good question. I, I guess start with the big things, because I know some of the big things, but nothing I really turned out feels quite right to what I'm seeing. I think there's a sea monster in my dreams, but I don't, now that you bring it up, I don't know if it's a sea monster or if it's a god. Hmm. Is it like, does it have like teeth? Or Several. Okay, um... Well, uh, there are sharks, and... Well, no, are... this is not a shark. I, It's bigger than a shark, whatever this is. Oh. Mm. What's bigger <laughs> than a shark? Uh, lots of things are bigger than sharks. Um, okay. 
A shark's is a good place to start, though, because smaller than a shark isn't that scary. Okay, I see. All right, sliding scale. Bigger than a shark. Go past, way, 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 way past that. Way past shark. Okay. Um, would you live on it? Would I live on it? Is it big enough to live on? You know, stretch his arms out wide. Ah. <laughs> uh... Yes, but would I personally live on it? I wouldn't like to. No. Hmm. I mean, most of the time it kind of eats me, so I guess, yes, I could live in it or on it. In, on? I don't know. Does it say anything before it eats you? No. Okay. So, Seek's kind of casting back in what you've sort of taught yourself and what you remember learning from your mother. Tykerosi tend to dream a little differently than the the rest of the the population of of the empire. And for for all Blair's skepticism, typically if, you know, somebody who is demon-blooded is having sort of repetitive dreams, it's a sign that something bigger is going on. Not necessarily a prophecy, but you you sort of know the principle of like calls to like. Mm-hmm. So if there is a a powerful demon active in in the city, then this can kind of call like it can kind of wake some things up in any other demons or demon-blooded people. I think we can do some tea readings. You think that would help? Uh, I, I think she doesn't even ask. I think she takes takes your teacup when you're done with it and uh, pours it on a plate. And I would like to roll a tune. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, go for it. We'll we'll start gathering some info here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do tea readings too, but I, I, I never thought they would help with this. I don't know. It seems this is a little bit out of Teed's league. You know what I mean? Tea always helps. They roll the four. Four. Okay. So you look at the the tea leaves on the plate and a couple shapes emerge. The first is a, a circle and a kind of unusually perfect circle given what you're dealing with here. But you, you're kind of looking at it and sort of like tracing the outline of it with your eyes. And then you see that even though it is, it is perfectly round, it's not quite perfect. There's a a section at the top that is missing, so it doesn't fully close. And then within that, there is a sort of a a large head with its jaws open, and the jaws are open towards that break in the circle. And you you can, with with a four, you can ask some follow-up questions, if you would like. Uh, What does the circle represent? (laughs) So you, you study it for a little bit, and uh, it finally clicks. You know of a cult in the city that follows the teachings of a forgotten gall that they call the Broken Circle. You don't really know a ton about what exactly they do. There's so many little cults and forgotten gods in Duskwall that it's you know hard to keep up with all of their belief practices, but you do kind of realize like, oh, broken circle. Yeah, I've heard of that before somewhere. Is that the um, cult that my rival is in? I don't know. Is it? 
It seems seems like a good a good villain. <laughs> I, I that that one's up to you. Ah, sure. Yeah. Okay. So, what is your rival's name? Uh, Malista, a priestess. So yeah, that that is the information that that you get from your tea reading. Sounds like we need to figure out where where Malista is. I don't like her. Who's Malista? She is a follower of an old god, and she makes fun of my spots. Well, that sounds kind of racist. I thought it was just mean. Well, it can be both. Yes. <laughs> so, why do we need to meet with a mean racist? Because because of the broken circle, and she's in it. I don't know anybody else. Do you know people in the broken circle? I did, but I think he got sacrificed, like, a couple months ago. Well, that is very unfortunate. I mean, it was his choice. Still kind of sucks, though. Oh, okay. Well, as long as he died doing what he loved. Yeah. I mean, that's how I think of it. Um, but to answer your question, no, I don't know anyone in the Broken Circle anymore. Oh. Hmm. So, you, you have some information. You've got at least a... At least assuming that you're trusting the tea leaves. Can I do a tea reading and roll a tomb? Uh, yeah, you're going to use the, the leaves from Seeks's Yeah. Top. Okay. Sure. Oh. <laughs> I got it. My highest, my highest was a two. Okay. So, limited information. You, following Seeks' lead, you, you do the same uh, with her leaves. And you you study it for a little bit, and you don't see anything right away. You kind of like shift the the plate around, and then all of a sudden, like this image of open jaws coming towards you, kind of like appears in the leaves, but it also flashes you to the dream that you had, and you kind of like jerk back. Blair's gonna like jolt back in her seat. She can. She's like not even thinking at this point. She grabs the plate and she hurls it across the room, and it shatters against the wall. Oh, oh. Sorry. It, no, it's okay. I, on, I only had two plates. I'll get you a new one. No, that's no, fine. I can get. I can find more. But what did you see? Oh, it was just more of the same. More jaws. Yeah. Well, I think you need to stay away from jaws. But I like At least that jaws. Movie. <laughs> Nope, and definitely not Jaws 2, and avoid Jaws 3D like the plague. Yeah, so uh, I think you, you had said stay away from Jaws, and then we, we started doing bits. So uh, what, what do you guys want to do next? Guess we're seeing Malista. Mm. No. <laughs> Grimace. No, <laughs> we, we can think of something else to do. No, that's a good plan. Well, 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 what about the Leviathan Hunters? What if we talk to them? I don't like them. I mean, I kind of don't either, but they're on the Boitsy all the time. I mean, we could go to Joel. Who? Joel. They They deal in Leviathan, but I need it for some of my experiments. And they get their blood consently, which is nice. How do they get it consently? You just ask. Okay, we're going to go see them. That sounds wicked awesome. All right. So are the, the two of you setting out now? 
yeah, uh, Six is going to run run back behind the counter and throw a bunch of stuff in a bag and pour the tea, rest of the tea into a thermos and put that in the bag. The, the two of you set out uh, into Coleridge. It's still raining a bit. So there's just kind of this like, there's always soot caked on everything in Coleridge. And now it's all like wet soot caked on everything. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's not, not very pretty. Where in the city does uh, Jewel operate out of? Probably over by the docks. Yeah, that makes sense. Blair, you probably lead uh, in a, a more circular way around giving Ink Row a wide berth. True. Yes. And tell me about the place where uh, Jewel works out of. Where Where do you find this person? I think it's like a, an old, like, run-down ship repair place. It's, like, pretty much just like a warehouse, like, on the water. Okay. Inside, there's just a bunch of uh, barrels and like a small ship that's seaworthy, like, but like on the, on the. <laughs> it's the kind of ship where when people see it, you have to reassure them that it's seaworthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just got, it's got a small pump on the back and like a big old canister and enough room for like one, maybe two people to squeeze in. The one of the hole just definitely creaks in the wind without any but he's like stepping on it or anything. It just makes noise. As the two of you enter the warehouse and pass this, it's seaworthy, I promise, boat that is painted with, with runes and has some masks kind of along the sides, both inside and out. You hear uh, a faint clattering noise towards the back of the warehouse. You hear uh, a voice call out, is someone there? Hello, Jewel. It's Seeks, Seeks and Blair. Hi. So kind of rounding a a corner of boxes is a a person with long, sort of flowing dark hair, grayish cast to their skin, gold face paint, the kind of their forehead and down one eye and on their chin. And they come around the corner and smile brightly when they see Seeks. And it's good to see you again, the river's lost but seeking. And who's your friend here? Blair Culhane. And she holds out a hand to shake. Jewel reaches out and and shakes your hand. So, what brings you here today? Uh, I'm afraid I haven't been able to make a trip out to make any further requests since your last visit. So, uh, my stock is... Um, My friend, Blair, um, she is having dreams of open waters. Hmm. And uh, maybe ocean, like, monsters? Maybe Leviathans? Maybe gods? They're probably gods. You think so? I mean, if it if it's in your dreams, it's probably a god. Isn't that how dreams go? Uh, I mean, I don't think so. We talked about this. What do you think? Well, make a roll of some kind, and we'll find out what Jewel can tell you. Do you want to do, like, a team consort roll? Yeah, we can do a consort. Okay. Uh, I have zero dice, but I'll, I'll lead it. Okay, I got a three. <laughs> I got two fives. Okay, so uh, you'll take one point of stress, Seeks, and the result you get is a five. So we have a standard amount of information. 
So Jewel asks you to describe your dreams and ends up asking Seeks if she's been having any dreams as well. And after you both have described your dreams, they sit back and and study the two of you um, and are like, my sleep has also been troubled of late, though not quite so vividly. And you said that you saw something of the broken circle in the tea leaves, and both of you saw these jaws. Yes. Yeah. I think that, based on what I have heard from you and others, and what I've seen myself, uh, this is likely something to do with the, the great gods of the deep, which is troubling. None should be so close to the city as to cause this in our kind. Wait, wait, expand on that. What do you mean? Cause this is like Takerosi related and it's deep water gods? What? Ah, uh, I, you most likely know them as Leviathans. Oh, okay. They have a great power and influence over those who share in their uh, nature, even in part. So those of us who have demon-touched blood will be influenced by them. You don't see many Tykerosi on the great Leviathan hunter ships, and she kind of sneers a bit when she says that. But as I said, they are simply too massive to approach the waters near Duskwall. None should be able to influence us unless... One was close, but I don't see how one could be. It could be maybe a lesser Leviathan. I don't know. Jewel just shakes their head and is like, Well, they don't really come in lesser forms. They are simply gods. (gasps) What if it's a baby? What? She grabs her cheeks. (laughs) What if it's a baby god? Gods can have babies, right? Is that possible? I mean, anything's possible. It it is yes that is how I mean they they are immortal but that does not mean that they do not reproduce it's just terribly uncommon and I I don't know much about them that sounds like the only possible explanation we have got here there's a baby in the city with the jaws it must it must your your descriptions of it from your dreams and it, Leviathan is all that makes sense I just no I agree. There may be a, a young one near the city. Yes, that is possible. I don't know what that would mean, or what that has to do with your broken circle that you saw. I, too, have heard of this cult, but I, I know little of it. Well, I guess that means we have to go to our next stop. Okay. I know. If she says anything racist, I'll kick her. Don't worry. Thank you, Joel. Um, here. Reaches into her bag and pulls out... Uh, Two mangoes. So Jewel, like, their eyes light up and they, they take the mangoes like, you are generous as always, Seeks. I look forward to seeing you again. Can't wait. Wonderful to meet you, Blair. Yes, you too. All right, so the two of you leave the warehouse that Jewel works out of. By this point, the rain has let up and the, the clouds have started to clear The moon is overhead, very large and bright, and has what are referred to as its dimmer sisters. That's where the gang gets their name. These two sort of reflections, echoes of the moon kind of on either side of it, almost as if it's the the moon is being refracted through something. 
but it casts a, a fair amount of light as the two of you come out onto the docks. Yeah, we, we can either talk to her or prowl after her if we want to collect information that way. Idea? We can do both. We can talk to her, and if it goes poorly, then we follow her. All right. Okay. Do you want to talk to her? Um, I can talk to her if you want. Do you want to come with me? Uh, okay, yeah. All right. Smile! And Blair gives a yeah. very wide fanged grin. Seeks <laughs> <laughs> does like her her best grimacy smile and she, she, her teeth are all messed up. They're like sharp and <laughs> all over the place. Um, okay, we'll work with that. So where do you go to find Malista? I figure she is, uh, what's that fancy part of town? Brightstone. Yeah. Probably somewhere in Brightstone. She probably owns like a small uh, clothing boutique in Brightstone. Okay. Ooh, bougie. Yeah. God, Minx is probably window shopped there. Ugh. So you you arrive uh, at what what is the what's the store named? Oh, it's gonna have like a culty name, but like yeah, it's it's subtle, right? Yeah, it wouldn't scare off you know. Customers. Yeah, it's not just called like broken circle clothing. It's got to be something. God, maybe like circumference. Ooh. Yeah. So you you arrive at her shop, circumference. It's a clothing boutique, and unsurprisingly, given that it's like ten o'clock at night now, it's closed. Oh. It's closed, but as the two of you are kind of standing out there looking sort of sad, do you see sort of in the back of the shop there's like a, a flicker of, of light. Do we want to be those people? I mean, we came here to be those people. Uh. Yeah, but not... We were going to be the people that talk to occultists, not the people that show up to a store after it closes. I mean, are we animals? <laughs> <laughs> hmm, that's fair. They have to close. They have to clean up the shop, and they're going home like an hour from now. Do you know how late they have to stay there? That's fair. We don't have to talk to them. Turns abruptly. Six is convinced. <laughs> okay, so we'll just wait here and then follow her out, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, we're not going to be those people. Should we hide? Uh, yeah, yeah. But um, let's go to the alley. Let's go to the alley and just, I don't know, stake it out there. I'm not sure if she's going to come out in the back or the front. Okay. So, two of you head over to the alley, which is like the cleanest, nicest alley. They probably pick up the trash here every day. I could, like, lick this ground. Do you think it tastes rich? Compared to regular ground, I suppose. It probably just tastes like ground, actually. We're just going to crouch down. She's going to press... Two fingers into the dirt, and then she's going to taste her fingers. It tastes like dirt. <laughs> it tastes, or well, I mean, it's, it's, this is, this is cobblestones in this part of town. It's like, it tastes like a road. Yeah, no, it just it doesn't taste rich. It just tastes like floor. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, not your fault. Yeah, but I mean, disappointing things are disappointing. I know, the same. yeah, I was hoping there'd be an aroma, you know? At least a little mm -hmm. salt. I don't know. It looked very clean. I thought it would taste good. I mean, are you hungry? Uh, no, I'm fine. Are you hungry? We need to get something to eat while we wait. Oh, uh, here. Reaches into bag, <laughs> roots around, pulls out a sandwich. Oh, okay. You, you want to split that? 
Yeah, sure. Okay. Thanks. So, two of you are standing in this very clean, but not special tasting alley, splitting a sandwich. Have you ever stocked a cultist before? Um, no. I've done a couple jobs with cultists. They seem like nice people, for the most part. Yeah, I've stocked a cultist before. But oh. it was it was not because I had any special interest in them. I was trying to get closer to the cult. I'm not a creep, you know. Oh. She actually turned out nice, you know, when, once they got caught. But yeah, that went on for like months. I was following her around trying to figure out where the hell is this place, you know. Is this your vice purveyor? You know what? Sure, this can be Irana's origin story. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> God, you fucking stalked this cultist until she was like, what are you doing? <laughs> this is a good sandwich. Thank you. What's in it? Uh, it's got um, cabbages and okay. fish, and it's mostly the bread that's good. I can see that. Is it sourdough? I don't know what that means. You've got like mushroom flour in these parts, and that's about it. It's like, but it's it's like it's a high quality mushroom bread. It's a nice rye. I don't think you could have rye with mushrooms. I don't know much about bread. <laughs> so the two of you are are able to to finish the sandwich before you hear the back door open, and then a couple seconds later, you hear it close, and you hear like keys jangling, and then you see a figure come into the alley and start walking off in the direction, like, away from you. Of, um, she's a, a average height, pale woman with bright red hair that uh, is, is done up in a kind of elegant hairstyle, and she's wearing, you know, a very fine-looking black gown. And you can hear, uh, like, boot heels clicking on the cobblestones as she starts to walk away from you. Oh, so she's a fancy bitch. Yeah, that's her. So if you would like to follow her without being caught, uh, you will need to make me a roll. Let's roll prowl. Let's roll prowl as a friend. You guys want to do this as a, a group action again? Sure. Yeah. Oh, I got a five. Nice. I got a four. Okay, so it's a five and you don't take any stress because nobody got a three or lower. You're trying to follow her to wherever the cult is hanging out, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the two of you creep along after her, keeping to the shadows, um, ducking into alleys. She doesn't seem to be aware of your presence behind her at all. After about five or ten minutes, Blair, you kind of realize with a start that she is heading along a path that you kind of know. She's heading towards Six Towers. Oh, okay. And then she kind of turns down another alley and... The two of you see her, uh, like, as the two of you turn into the alley, you see her, like, the top of her head disappear from view as she is descending uh, a set of stairs that lead down uh, under the streets. You follow her down the alley, down the stairs, and when you kind of come down the stairs and, like, peer out to make sure that she's not going to see you, you are standing along the, the side of one of the canals that runs uh, through an under-dusk wall. You don't see Malista anymore, but Blair, you recognize this area. This is going to lead to a tunnel that will take you into the catacombs. Oh. Oh, I, I think I know where she's going. She's headed... She's going to the catacombs. Ah. Okay. Um, 
You cool with that? Yeah, no, there's uh, catacombs under Coleridge that I use sometimes. Um, so, yeah, no, it's fine. Oh, okay. Should we sh- should we go grab some stuff before? Because I, I don't see her. If we're going to explore, I need a lantern. Oh, um, I have a lantern. And she unhooks her lantern from her belt. So she's going to stuff some electroplasm in there, and it's going to give off a yellowy-green glow. So, so my question was, do you want to continue exploring now, or do you want to, you know, kind of transition into starting the score? I, I think this is the start of the score, right? Okay. I was going to say, this feels like a good transition. Okay, so both have normal load. This is definitely a stealth plan. I'm going to go ahead and mark one of my normal load for snacks. All right. Uh, okay, so now let me look at the engagement roll. Okay, well... The dice really like the two of you because I rolled a critical for the engagement roll. Oh, awesome. I have never done that. Let me see what this says. Oh my god, we have less energy. You've already overcome the first obstacle and you're in a controlled position for what's next. So, the two of you head down along the canal into the catacombs and you're actually able to, kind of moving very quickly, you're able to catch up with Malista. As you're following her, you see some light starting to fill the catacombs, and you see her reach an archway where there are a couple lanterns hanging and a pair of uh, people standing blocking this archway. And she goes up to them and says something, and they like step aside and kind of incline their heads respectfully as she passes and then block it again. And so, Blair, you're just kind of like, uh, okay, you look around, and you're like, oh, I know exactly where we are. There's totally a way around. So, like, you backtrack a little bit and, like, go through this other side hallway, and, like, you have to kind of crawl through a a spot where the the ceiling's collapsed a little bit. But you're totally able to just loop around the guards at the front (laughs) of this little area of the catacombs. You find yourselves, you, you crawl through, and come up to to another archway um, where you can see light kind of uh, filtering through. You you both creep up to this archway and peer out and you see um, I'll put this I'll, I'll, I'll put this to you too. What would be of kind of a cultist hideout what would be do you think the most advantageous place for you to enter? Hmm. I was picturing, like, the center ritual area, but if there's already people in there, I'm not sure if entering that area is going to be best. Maybe there's, like, a, um, maybe it's, like, a big old, like, dome theater sort of thing that's been sunk into the earth, built on top of, and so, like, we can enter, like, up in, like, the rafters almost. So, like, kind of like an amp, like an amphitheater? Yeah, almost. So... Would it be that you two come into sort of the central area, but you're up, like, above everything else? Yeah, so you've we're- got a, a... Okay. Yeah, I like that, too. A ceiling view of this sick-ass altar. So, as you had been going through the halls, you had to go up, like, a couple flights of stairs. And when you get to this archway and look out, you are looking out into um, a large circular room that does look like it was at one point possibly like an amphitheater. There's sort of, you know, these large staggered stone steps or seats kind of leading down to uh, a central pit. 
or it was a pit at one point. Now it is a, uh, it's about a, a 15 by 15 pool of water. Um, and you can see there's like uh, sort of stone scattered out across the steps where it looks like it would kind of, you know, something sort of burst up from underneath forming this pool. There are about half a dozen people in the room right now walking around, talking to each other. And you can see at the top of the amphitheater steps painted in you know, thick, dark black is a broken circle. And in the gap, the broken part at the top of the circle is an altar that has been um, very finely carved of stone. And it has some candles on it, some vials, uh, some other, there's a couple books, some other things on there that you can't quite uh, make out what, what they are. And as you're, you're both sort of looking down into this space, the, the water at the center, um, which you can tell it's, it's deep, it, it doesn't have sort of that lightness that shallow water does. It goes down for a while. The water shifts a little bit. There's sort of waves and ripples. And when that happens, everyone in the room freezes and looks at it and seems to be holding their breath, waiting. And then the water stills again. And um, they all kind of relax. And, uh, you know, a couple people shake their heads and sort of are murmuring to each other. Six lets out a breath they didn't know they were holding. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that's the scene you've got before you. And yeah, no one has even glanced in your direction. Everyone is, is very focused on either the altar or the pool or each other. Can I roll anything, like a perception or whatever, to gain anything about the water? In this case, it would probably be study because I kind of already gave you the survey results because you got a critical. Yeah, and I actually I have two in survey, so I'm just going to okay. do that. <laughs> or in study? In study, yeah, I have two in study. That's the one okay. I'm good at. Yeah, so this is going to be um, a controlled roll. Uh, I'll take a stress to give you a bonus die. Oh, thank you. You don't have to do that. I haven't taken any stress yet. Oh no. What'd you get? Uh, my highest was a two. Oh my. Okay. <laughs> so, well, fortunately, this is controlled. Right. So I think what happens is, Blair, you obviously get very interested in that water, and you are staring at it, and you're not really exactly paying attention to your surroundings, and you kind of move through the archway out onto the little bit of a balcony that's out there, and you get close to the edge of the balcony and your foot hits a loose rock <gasps> that uh, falls off the edge and kind of clatters. And you're able to duck back out of sight. So either you, you have to withdraw and try a different approach or you can continue to try and study it, but it's going to be risky. Okay, yeah, no, I'm not going to try anything. I'm not that ballsy. I, I couldn't see anything out there. Um, what do you think they're worried about? Um... Probably what's in the water. Well, obviously, but what do you think is in the water? That was my implication. Well, I mean, what do you think that's in the water? Grin. <laughs> <sighs> Baby guts. Hopefully it's something cool. Maybe it's a cool god? Maybe they're cool. I don't know. That's probably a cute god. Tiny baby god. 
okay, well, if it's a baby Leviathan, then yeah, that would be awesome. But let's, we don't know for sure. And I can't see what they're writing. Uh, Six is going to try and sneak up and get closer to listen in to what everyone's saying. Okay. So I, I will say you, you have two options for kind of where you want to sneak. You can either stay up on the balcony overhead and kind of move around to get closer to people, or you can climb down and sneak around down on the same level as them. I mean, let's risk it for the biscuit. Gonna climb on down? Mm-hmm. You have fun okay. with that. I'm gonna take a point of stress and give you a bonus die. So I think this is gonna be risky. Uh, roll a five. Okay, a five. Uh, you do it, but there's a consequence. Thank goodness for that bonus die. One, one, five. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. All right. So I am going to start a clock. No. <laughs> stop it. Can't be stopped. No. Can't stop, won't stop. I don't want the clock. You are at one out of four cultists notice you. Because there was, there was that rock falling earlier, and then, like, there's some weird movement in the shadows that hasn't quite risen to the level where anybody's going to go investigate yet, but they're a little more on edge. But you are able to... Is there anybody... Like, are you trying to sneak close to Malista, or are you just trying to get close to a couple people who are talking? Probably Malista. Okay. She is over by the altar, holding one of the books in her hand and flipping through it and is talking to a young man, looks like he's barely out of his teens, who, as you get close, he he is kind of rambling on about, you know, how the ritual should be conducted. And, uh, you know, we, we need to be calling upon the the power of the moon. And as, as he's talking, she just doesn't even like look at him. She's just flipping through this book and cuts him off mid-sentence like, the Leviathans have no relationship with the moon or anything out of the void. If we are to manifest the circle in our world through the deep, not through the stars. And just she just kind of like rolls her eyes at him and goes back to the book and he just kind of like hangs his head and slinks off. So yeah, that's that's what you're able to, to overhear initially. What do you what do you want to do now? I think Six has their, like, back pressed to, um, like, a column Mm -hmm. and is going to try and see if they can spot Blair from here. Um, I'm still up in the balcony, so I'm just gonna, like, throw a hand signal, like, yeah, I see you. I gotcha. Mm -hmm. Six points, like, behind them towards uh, Malista and then points at the hole and then point and just, like, does squiggly hands. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Blair shrugs frantically, like, oh, what do you mean? Squiggly hands. Makes, like, a, a grimace and um, does, like, big jaw <laughs> with both hands. Okay, does that mean Seek sees a Leviathan or wants me to create a distraction or what? what's... No, I think Seeks is just being like, there's a Leviathan in the, in the pool. <laughs> oh, oh, shit, okay. I want to see if I can explore a little bit and branch out and maybe there's not a war room, but I guess like a a library or information room to see if there's any plans lying about. You want to also sneak and see if you can find some more info? Yeah, but I'm going to stay up here for as long as I possibly can. Okay, go ahead and uh, make a roll. This is going to be risky. I assume you're doing prowl. 
Actually, I'm going to push myself to get a bonus tag because I only have one in Prowl. Okay, um, my highest was a four. I'm rolling like shit four. tonight. Okay, I am going to advance that clock again. So you are at two out of four. Mm. So you, you creep along the balcony, but, you know, your, your boots scuff on the stone a little bit as you're going. Damn it, um, damn it, damn it. And you curse to yourself <laughs> as you're going. And and the the some of the people in the central area like start looking around, and a couple of them take lanterns and seem to be starting to sort of look around the the area. Uh, they they seem to be getting a little more alert. They haven't seen either of you yet, but they're starting to suspect that someone or something else is here. But on a four, you do accomplish your goal. So you edge around this balcony for a bit until you come to another archway and you peek in. This is another kind of section of catacombs. There's like the, the large sort of shelves where, where bodies would have been laid out. They've all long since been, been cleared out. And a lot of those shelves are now uh, holding books and lanterns and runestones and various, you know, jars and bottles. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's your typical occult library setup. She is uh, tempted to have a little sticky fingers. I mean, you are a thief, technically. And this stuff is so <laughs> cool. She doesn't have this. What do you want to do now that you're here? I will say, Seeks, I think you, you were able to, because you know Blair is there, so you were able to watch her kind of creep along, and then she gets to another archway and goes inside and disappears. So she is out of your sight at the moment. Can I roll a study? to see if there's any Leviathan information laid about in this room. Definitely. Uh, it is going to continue to be risky. Okay, there we go. Five. So you start pulling books off the shelves and looking at them and like flipping through, and probably about half the books that you pick up, more than half, have to do with Leviathans in some way. And it's not just like, some of them you recognize are kind of like the standard academic texts talking about yeah, Leviathans went away. Leviathans and how Leviathan blood works and how it's refined. But then there are things like, there are Leviathan captain journals in here <gasps> that, like, they're, they're not published. These are just handwritten personal journals. Oh, the- Can I take one? You yeah. should take them all. Those are worth so much money. I'm going to do that. Okay. And I assume you're going to grab, like, three of the journals? Oh, yeah, I'm taking those journals. The other... 40 to 50% of the books. They're on a few different things. They're on some different kinds of rituals. Some of them are, they're pretty old texts about some of the forgotten gods. You actually recognize one of these. It is another copy of the book that you stole from uh, Arun, the alchemist. Oh, yeah. Um, Some of the other books that you see here um, seem to have to do with summoning. (gasps) Like, you recognize some of them as like, oh, this is like how you summon demons, but some of them seem to be about summoning other things that you're not familiar with, stuff you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. And so you've, you've tucked three of the books away, and I think you're standing there. You sort of kind of forgot that you were infiltrating a cult hideout, and your brain just went into library mode. And you're just standing in the middle of the room in front of a shelf, paging through a book, when you hear a... Who the hell are you from behind you? You're in a desperate position as you turn to see a person in just sort of like loose-fitting 
robes that are in different shades of, of blue and black, standing there with a, a lantern in their hand, just and a hand on the dagger on their belt. Blair is frozen in position. She probably drops the book because she raises both of her hands and she's like, uh, um, it's, it's ectoplasmum girl season. So I think on that, we're going to cut back over to Seeks. I try to think of a Girl Scouts cult equivalent on the spot. Ah, <laughs> uh, ectoplasm scouts. Yeah, it's ectoplasm scout season. <laughs> so we're going to cut back to Seeks. What is, what's Seeks up to down there? Uh, I, I don't know, because, because the person she was communicating with disappeared. Uh, how, many peop- how many cultists are down here? There's five down here. So as you've been kind of watching... The, the rest of them have, have started to kind of gather around the altar, and they, they seem to be sort of arranging objects on there. A couple of them have taken jars that seem to be full of what looks like um, black sea salt from the Void Sea that are in the process of walking sort of around the edge of the amphitheater um, and then down towards the pool. One other person has a, a jar of white paint and a brush and starts painting a couple uh, runes on the altar. It looks like they're preparing for some kind of ritual. I'd like to study it to see if I know what's going on. Okay. Uh, the Just the ritual as a whole? Yeah, the ritual as a whole. Okay, yeah. Definitely you can do that. Uh, it is going to be risky. Mm-hmm. That's a good old one. Cool. Where was that clock at? Two out of four? Let me take a look. Is it risky? <laughs> it's alright, I have an awful plan. Alright, well, since... Guess guess what time it is, you guys? Mm-hmm. It's time for that clock to hit four out of four, baby! Seeks, you, like, you're trying to get a look at what these runes are, but you can't really get a clear look from your position, so you move forward a little bit, and then you move forward a little bit more, until... The, the person doing the runes, like, finishes them and, like, straightens up and nods themselves and then looks up and looks straight at you. Like, makes direct, unintentional eye contact. And there's a beat of silence while the two of you look at each other. Uh, hi. <laughs> Just little, little, like, finger waves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the, uh, the woman who was doing the painting just yells, Intruders! And everybody else whips around. Seeks can act first, and then I'll have Blair do whatever action she's going to do. So what, what, what are you doing now that you have been spotted? I want to start off with Smoke Bomb. Okay. Solid. <laughs> Solid choice. Uh, it's, gonna be, it's probably going to be a wrecking for a setup action, just to put myself in a controlled position. So I'll go ahead and roll to wreck. Okay. And uh, what's the Devil's Bargain look like here? Oh, gosh. Kind of in, in the chaos that you are about to cause, the book that Malista is holding is going to end up probably in the water. It's going to end up destroyed. Well, I can't be sad if I never knew what's in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. Okay. I'll roll my three dice. Yes! Six, six, six! <gasps> Holy shit! <gasps> God damn. Okay, yeah. So your goal here was to basically provide cover for your yourself and Blair, right? Yeah, um it was to put us in to a more controlled position. Okay. Oh, I think I know what happens. 
you throw this smoke bomb straight at the person with the paint who spotted you, and it lands in a jar of something on the altar, and whatever's in your smoke bomb and whatever's in this jar react in a really fun and exciting way, and it just fills the room. Like, normally your smoke bombs do not fill a room this large. Mm Mm-hmm. But whatever this combined with, it has just filled the room with this thick, what color should it be? Purple. Uh, Purple, yeah. Yeah, this thick purple smoke that it's not, it doesn't hurt to breathe. It tastes a little funny, but it's not like burning your lungs to, Mm -hmm. to breathe, to move through it. But it just like billows out and fills the room very quickly. And there's just, like, shouting and confusion, and, like, there's a splashing sound, and then there's some, like, cursing, and like, oh, no, don't disturb it, don't disturb it, we're not ready! And just, there, there is, there's panic and confusion, and so Seeks, nobody knows where you are. Blair, I am going to say that because Seeks got three sixes, you are going to be able to use, like, the, the smoke doesn't reach into the library, but... The explosion and then the shouting is enough of a distraction that you are going to be able to run out and get away from this person. Good. Um, basically, as a freebie, you're not going to have to make a roll, so you can get out to the balcony. Thank you. Um, and the room is just full of this purple smoke. So what do you do? I mean, Seeks is going to do a prowl. Yeah. You can use prowl to, for combat if you're being sneaky and taking yeah. people out. Ambushing people. Assassin's Creed style. (laughs) So that is my plan. (laughs) Okay. I might try that after you. (laughs) I'm not not a punch girl, though. I'm not very good at fighting. Uh, You know, if this devolves into fisticuffs, I'm going to get my teeth kicked in. But... (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Yeah, so I think, Blair, like, what we see is, like, you're up on the balcony and kind of looking around, and, like, the smoke sort of parts for a second, and you see Seeks, like, kind of down, creeping towards... Uh, a cultist with with their their back to her. The the cultist is just looking around in confusion as Seeks does a sneak. So go ahead and roll your sneak, and yeah, you're definitely in a controlled position. Nice. What'd you get? I got a six. Sit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those are some some blessed dice. Oh, don't worry. The um, ne- next roll, it'll be ones and. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you take this person out? Seeks uh, sneaks up behind. I think it's the cultists who spotted me because they're closest, and they're like yeah. flipping back and forth and like trying to find their way in the fog. And seeks just like grabs them from behind and uh, bites into their neck. Oh, jeez! Are you are you trying to kill them? No, I'm gonna make them do a sleepy sleep. Oh, right, you're venomous. Mm-hmm. You're venomous? I didn't know that. The leech is such a cool playbook. So yeah, but yeah, you are able to to knock them out no problem they go down in an unconscious heap so i think blair you like you the smoke parts enough that you see seeks jump on this person and then it it closes up again so you don't see what happens but you know that seeks is like sneaking down taking people out Mm -hmm. what you want to do i think i'm also going to hop down from the balcony and do a prowl and try to take someone out as well Okay. Even though I am not a fighty person, I gotta do something. Yeah. It's it's controlled still. Nope. Two. That one's Two. gonna be banished as well. I have three dice okay. left. Okay. 
you you jump down and you start to sneak towards a person. Um, and as you're getting close, they like turn in your direction and you have to duck back out of the way so that you don't get seen. So uh, as, as with last time, you can kind of push on and attempt to ambush them again, but it'll be risky, or you can withdraw and try uh, a different approach. I'm going to withdraw and try a different approach next time, because I think I have an idea. Okay. Yeah, then Seeks, what are you going to do? Yeah, I think Seeks pulls up one of their pants legs and pulls out a syringe, and we're going to say this one is filled with uh, a spit mixture. Oh, okay. So trans powder. Yeah, so right? trans powder, and um, I'm gonna try and try and prowl on somebody else. Okay. A five. So I think for you, it's still controlled. So you can do it with a minor consequence. I like having you end up in a risky position. I'm just trying to think of how that happens. Yeah, I think um, so I, I get person number two, and then. Mm-hmm. Malista has like a candelabra and is taking swings at my head. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Malista just kind of like jumps out of the the smoke as the second person goes down and and takes a swing at you. Yeah, that works. And uh, yeah, I would like to resist like the change in position. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But like ducking back into the smoke. I think that's going to be prowess because it's a, a physical thing that you're dealing with that has put you in a bad position. Uh, three, three's not bad. Okay, so you'll take three stress. Uh, I'm about stressed out. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you you are able to dodge backwards and just disappear into the smoke again. Um, so you're going to keep a controlled position. Blair, you hear kind of there's still like yelling and, and running and shouting. And you also hear some like water sloshing sounds happening. So my idea earlier was... Can I just unleash a ghost in here and have it do the work for me? Because <laughs> I'm not a fighter. Would you? So, do you want to have a spirit jar on you? Yeah, I always have got spirit jars on me. So I will. I will. Yeah, mark a point of load to have a spirit jar that you can just crack open. Got it. Um, should I roll a tune for this since it does deal in the supernatural, or should it be command because so I can be like, hey, take care of this? Up to you. You could do either one. I think. I should play it safe and go with a tune because that's what I have higher in. Mm-hmm. So I'll just crack it open and see what happens and okay. just unleash this Pokemon ghost type into the world. Six. Okay. So you, you open it up and the, the ghost is barely visible uh, with the smoke sort of drifting through it. And I think it just spots one of the cultists and just goes, goes after him. I think it's the cultist who was up in the library with you. It it just okay, cool. Uh, lets out there. There's just sort of this like echoing ghostly shriek as it uh, dives at this man uh, who lets out a shriek of his own. There's just sort of shrieking and and disturbed smoke over in that area. Um, so three of the cultists have been taken down. There are still three out there. Okay. Um, the smoke is starting to clear up. Okay. You're still going to have it as cover for a couple more actions, but it's starting to dissipate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, it's been going well so far. So um, we'll mark another use of bandolier and try and take somebody else down. Are you going for uh, a random cultist? Or are you going to go after your nemesis? I gotta go for my nemesis now that now that I know where they are. So I'm going to circle them like a shark. I uh, two fives. 
Okay. So describe how you, you take her out because you succeed in, in drugging her and knocking her out. Um, and then I will tell you what happens after. So I, I think she's like circling with the candelabra out and probably cursing at me. <laughs> mm-hmm. You filthy half-breed. You've ruined everything. Seeks leaps out of uh, the fog behind her. It's just like, nah! <laughs> Sticks the needle <laughs> in her back and just, like, drags her off behind a pillar. The candelabra, like, clatters across the floor. And as you straighten up and kind of come out from behind the pillar, you see another cultist, as the smoke has sort of started to clear up in the middle, has rushed over to the altar and is flipping open another book um, and kind of, like, leans over it and starts, like, reciting something out loud. It's like they're clearly chanting something under their breath. We now have two cultists remaining. Blair, the smoke has cleared up in the middle of the, the room. So you are able to see this person at the altar, and you're able to see the, the pool in the center. There's a lot of ripples happening. It feels a little bit like the dreams you've had. Oh, no. Um, like, the water itself is quite dark. Right. But you can see a darker shape moving in it, and it's large. It takes up almost the entire pool. What I think I will do... I mean, I'm definitely interested in the water. I want to I, I wanna see what that Leviathan's about, but I feel like we should take care of these cultists first. I still have... Is my ghost friend... Is he done? Is he? Did he possess that one guy? So, your ghost friend has a new ride. Got it. They have, they have possessed a body and left. Okay. <laughs> Just imagine... I got legs again. Wee! <laughs> Does like the jump heel <laughs> click and runs off. <laughs> I'm going to have some chicken nuggets. That 100% happens in the background. I love it. This might be weird, but I think I want to try consorting or at least swaying some kind of social action with the cultists at the altar and okay. maybe try to get them to stop because I can't fight. <laughs> yeah. How do you, yeah. How do you want to approach that? I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm imagining this as I'm going to appeal to, mutual interests in this case so i i guess it would be consort and yeah. what does a devil's bargain look like for this that ghost that you unleashed who possessed that dude that's gonna cause trouble down the line that's that's gonna be a problem at some point that guy's gonna cause problems and it's gonna somehow get connected back to you yeah i can handle it all right i will take <laughs> the devil's bargain and give myself a bonus die that's the spirit Oh, hey. that was a bad pun. Hey. I'm sorry. That was unintentional. Hey. That was unintentional. Good job. And I'm very angry. No, just don't, don't, don't applaud that. Don't. All right. No. I'm rolling consort. Your approval fills me with shame. Oh, word. I got a six. Uh, yeah. So what do you say? I'm basically just going to run up to them and like try to like grab their arm and be like, what are you doing? This, whatever's happening here. And like she gestures to the water. She's like, this needs to stop. The cultist looks at you, looks around at the, you know, unconscious bodies of, of her fellows, looks down at the pool that is still kind of rippling, and then just shakes her head and kind of closes the book and is like, you're right, it's not time. There's not enough of us to, to complete this. If that thing comes out, it's going to swallow all of us whole. I know. I know, it'll be glorious. <laughs> I have a quick question. 
Can the last guy just like get up and like run after one of us with like a stick and I because I want to spray him in the face. <laughs> they they, ha- they there's these old timey like pressure cans and I just want to spray eye blind powder in his face. <laughs> yeah, yes, one hundred percent. I will allow this. It's very good. Just ah, tsh- ah like falls to the ground, clutching his face. I think the other cultist just ignores him entirely. It's just like, perhaps your appearance here wasn't a curse, but a blessing. The time wasn't right for this. We need to, to wait, let it grow in power and strength, and then then the circle will be complete. Exactly. So glad you understand. Of course. Blair does not understand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but these things take time. You know that. Yes, yes. I, I think, like, people are kind of starting to, to come to... Malista is still out, and this cultist kind of turns and, like, claps her hands again and is like, Come, my friends, come. These messengers have given us a, a blessing this day. We, we were too eager, too quick. We will fall back and wait, perhaps pass on what we have learned to the next generation, and... When the time is right, the circle will be made whole. And there's just sort of like a mix of like a murmured agreement and pained groaning as people are like picking themselves up and like helping up their, their injured fellows. Somebody like picks up Malista because she's still unconscious. And the, the cultist at the altar goes to start like collecting the books and stuff. Are you going to let her do that? Yeah. Yeah. She can put shit away. That's fine. <laughs> I, I don't. Okay. I can't tell her what to do. <laughs> she yeah. So she's just gonna take that stuff and and kind of you know pack it away and and put it in a bag and she she calls out um, Lucius I, Luci- Lucius hmm. yes he he oversaw the library I'm not sure where he is hmm Ardric Thena uh pack up the library and make sure that uh, we we bring everything we'll need it to prepare the others. And two people, like, nod and kind of head off to, to go up toward the library area. If uh, You are welcome to interfere at any point here, Seeks. I would like to try and, like, swipe, like, a journal or something off the altar while she's talking to people. Okay. You'll need to roll something. A finesse. <laughs> I would say, yeah, finesse. Oh, four and a five. Oh, okay. Seeks is actively whistling while she steps back. <laughs> I think it's going to be reduced effect. Okay. So, like, you grabbed for a journal that had a bunch of loose pages in it, mm-hmm. but the, the woman at the altar kind of started to turn, and so you were only able to grab, like, a handful of those loose papers. Okay. You don't get the whole journal. But you've got some papers that you now have, you know, you've got both hands behind your back and are whistling innocently. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, I guess the only other thing I wanted to do while we're here, is a tune with the giant pool of water. Yeah, I'm into okay. making poor decisions. Uh-huh. <laughs> What's the devil's bargain look like here? Ah, uh, I mean, God. The first thing that came to my mind is no matter what, it works. That's the devil's bargain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no matter what you roll, it works. You're going to connect with it. You may not want to. I rolled a six. Ah, fuck. (laughs) 
<laughs> Come on. <laughs> Fine. A six and a two. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, you attune with the thing in the water. I'm trying to think of what this... Because usually, like, when people attune to the ghost field, it's a visual thing. This is an emotional thing. This is something that you, you feel is sort of an empathic thing. You can tell that it's asleep, but it's a sort of disturbed sleep. It's the same sort of feeling that you get when you, you have a dream and you, you wake up, but not fully, and you're like only partly aware of your surroundings before you drift off again, and the next morning you would have a hard time saying if you, if you even woke up at all. And there's a faint sort of feeling of confusion and fear. And then a few moments after you kind of reach out, there's a bit of curiosity. I think Seeks will start singing a lullaby. Hush now, my sweet. Close your eyes and sleep. Watching the waves on diving the deep. Stars are shining bright. The wind is on the rise, whispering words of lost lullabies. So as as you're singing, this this kind of quiet falls over the room. The cultists kind of stop in what they're doing and, and look to you. And the feeling that you get from the sleeping baby Leviathan, this this sleeping young god. The fear and confusion and even curiosity sort of fade away and you get this feeling of, of contentment before it drifts back into a deep sleep. And as you finish singing, the cultist who had been at the altar just looks at you again, like at both of you, and just sort of nods in, in slow understanding. Yes, it's, it is not time yet. We will wait until... It has called us until it is ready. And she kind of like gives you sort of a, a, a very respectful, not quite a bow, but it's, it's like a fairly like deep nod. And then she moves off to, to join her fellows as they pack everything else away and, and prepare to leave. Um, so it's just the, the two of you left in this big empty room with a sleeping baby Leviathan in a pool underneath Duskwall. Where did you hear that song? My mother used to sing it to me. It was really nice. She smiles. I think she um, liked it. I think they did too. I want Blair to crouch down and just put her hand in the water, like very contently. There's ripples that come out from your hand, but nothing else in the water moves. <sighs> and then I think we, we fade back to Seeks' clinic. The sky is starting to, to lighten a little bit in that brief sunrise moment where the, the shards of the sun are visible as, as the two of you return to the clinic. Um, it has been a very long night, but you both are feeling, for the most part, a little bit better, although perhaps also a bit unsettled by the knowledge that there is a young leviathan sleeping under... Duskwall. Well, I don't think we're going to have to deal with that in our lifetime. They said that they would wait another generation. Mm-hmm. Also sleepy. Like, yeah. There are scarier things in Duskfall. There are people. Yeah. 
people are the scariest part. Because ghosts and monsters, those can be predictable. People people could, like, stab you in the back. Mm-hmm. I need to go to bed. Yes, get some sleep. Do, is it alright if I crash here? Yeah, um... Is that okay? I'll leave first thing in the morning. No, you don't have to leave at all. Uh, here. Um, I have extra blankets in the storeroom. Oh. And you probably have a few cots set up since you're running a little clinic, yeah. so... Thanks, Eeks. So the, the two of you get to bed, and you both have a deep, dreamless, restful sleep. Thanks for listening. The Magpies will be back in two weeks. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at magpies underscore pod, and visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash magpiespodcast. The Magpies Podcast is hosted and produced by Re. Follow me on Twitter at Rhiannon42. Blair Culhane is played by Kim Kogut. Follow her on Twitter at KimDeannaJones. The Rivers Lost But Seeking was played by Waffles. Follow them on Twitter at Mahafe. And listen to them on the Iron Heights Podcast on the One Shot Network. The opening and closing theme music is from Trio for Piano, Violin, and Viola by Kevin McLeod, and is used under a Creative Commons license. The Blades in the Dark roleplay system is the creation of John Harper, and is published by Evil Hat Productions. <sighs> Sorry, my cat wow. got stuck to the chair. I heard him roar. <laughs> She's a <laughs> dumbass. Hi. Oh, oh Harvey.